The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, Episode 70. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Angela Cialana, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper meanings and themes. Before we get deep into what I know will be a very interesting discussion, take a second, do a Jedi deed by sharing the podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, if you haven't already, one of the most helpful things that you can do to spread the word about the show is actually to leave us a review. So it helps us to know what you think about the show, and it helps the show to get seen by more people who would be interested in listening. So the more the merrier, right? Well, uh, today we are continuing our series of character-devoted episodes, and we'll be taking a deeper look at Dare I say the most Irish character in the galaxy, <laughs> Master Qui-Gon Jinn. Joining me today is Mike Creevy. Hello, Mike. Hey, Angela. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. I've got my Irish flag here. I'm waving it. So I was going to say, does, 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 does Qui-Gon say, oh, is it Cade Mille Falcia or whatever, the you know, thousand uh, <laughs> years of blessing or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it pronounced 20 ways. It's a, it's a good time of year to be talking about. Qui-Gon Jinn, I think, personally. I'm, uh, Irish American Heritage Month. I am partially Irish. Um, been doing a lot of Same here. Irish genealogy this month. So okay. it's been fun. Um, and of course, uh, we we might have another panelist pop in. Who knows? We'll see how this goes. It's, it's a crazy show tonight. But we are certainly looking forward to when our gallant host, Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, will return. So may the force be with you, Father. Yep. Uh, and I know he's listening to this one because uh, personally, who can resist a discussion of the important and yet mysterious Qui-Gon Jinn. So let's start off with a little refresher from the Star Wars databank entry about him, shall we? All right. So that says a venerable, if maverick Jedi master Qui-Gon Jinn was a student of the living force. Qui-Gon lived for the moment, espousing a philosophy of feel, don't think, use your instincts. On Tatooine, Qui-Gon discovered a young slave boy named Anakin Skywalker, who was strong in the Force. Sensing the boy's potential, Qui-Gon liberated Anakin from slavery. The Jedi Master presented Anakin to the Jedi Council, but they deemed the boy too old to begin training and dangerously full of fear and anger. They refused to allow Qui-Gon to train Anakin, but rescinded their decision to fulfill Qui-Gon's dying wish. And of course, his death coming at the hands of Darth Maul, who was bested by Qui-Gon's former apprentice, Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? So um, obviously, the Jedi Council had some mixed feelings and thoughts about <laughs> Qui-Gon, so uh, I'm curious, Mike, to know what your sort of general opinion of Qui-Gon Jinn is. I've always uh, really loved the character. Um, and I must say, I, I wish one regret up front. I didn't have a chance to go back uh, at all this week <laughs> to really dig into and like to rewatch anything, quite frankly. But but I, I had wanted to revisit uh, the Clone Wars with uh with him a little bit more in the um correct me if I'm wrong but in the mortis arc i think he's because yeah. that's where he yeah and then some other spots too because i think he was it in some of the lost uh mm -hmm. missions and stuff in the last season too or then he's training yeah okay with yoda so i have snippets you know so the hardcore fans please don't email <laughs> and be like mike 
I'm like, okay, I know. I, admittedly, I might be fudging up some of those details, but um, that was fascinating. The idea of, you know, like you just take it for granted when you're a kid watching the original trilogy. And of course, you know, it did develop over time, obviously, but, you know, like to go into the story and now retroactively be like, oh, so not just everybody knows how to become a force ghost. Right. You know, like there was some there was some training in that. That's kind of cool. Um, and that they, they tied him to that, which was pretty neat. And I, of course, because uh, we'll get into a lot of the details as we go, so I'll just keep this short. But I'm one of the, I guess, probably everybody else's too. One of the many hoping for a Liam Neeson uh, cameo or series of cameos in this Obi-Wan show. Oh, yeah. Because how, how do you not do that? Mm-hmm. You know, Gotta be on. flashbacks or something. Get real. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exciting so, yeah, that's, to think about. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, for me personally, um, Qui-Gon, obviously, I love him because he's Irish, but also, uh, well, as Irish as you can be in Star Wars, right? But um, <laughs> I, you know, one could argue that Qui-Gon is the truest Jedi that we know of in, you know, episodes one through nine. Um, mm. definitely, I would say the most underrated Jedi by Star Wars fans, as far as, you know, major characters sure. go. Um, and I really am excited to like, get deep into that. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I want to look at, first of all, um, you know, what makes him a good hero? Um, so I guess, you know, one thing for me that when just to refresh everybody's memory, you know, if you haven't watched The Phantom Menace in a while, we open up with this uh, Trade Federation like, um, well, there's supposed to be some talks, right, that are happening between uh, the Republic and the, the Trade Federation and, and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are on the ship with the trade federation guys they're getting ready to do their thing as representatives and we get this um introduction to Qui-Gon right away that he he um I, we get Obi-Wan saying I have a bad feeling about this which ties into yep. the whole saga right I didn't wait long in the in episode 1 to- <laughs> yeah reintroduce that one (laughs) yeah and then and then Qui-Gon says oh I don't sense anything and and then he he sort of like tells he tells Obi-Wan um to focus on the present and not to um concentrate on his anxieties don't center on your anxieties so um so that's one thing that I think is very consistent about his character that makes him a good hero is that he he does yeah. have this constant focus on the present. Um, so I would say consistency yeah. is one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there's a calmness, too, I think, with that, with mm-hmm. his character. That's really, I, th- I think, pretty unique. Um, it's funny because it's not like it's not like I'm just kind of, you know, sort of. um coming up with this one off the top of my head it's not like he always knows what to do because quite frankly i mean like there's plenty of moments on tatooine you know when obviously like the, the famous like he goes to wato and just assumes he can use the jedi mind trick yeah and you know he's like oh okay <laughs> you know and, and and you can see his frustration a little bit yeah and so much of it's liam neeson's acting which is just so tremendous <laughs> but um but the way he just kind of like he's he's sort of internalizing all of it and like the how how crappy this situation is it's just going from bad to worse yeah. and he's just there and I just love that little kind of like a little sort of uh smirk not a smirk but it's like a it's like a um a polite grin and nod but yet, but he's not happy yeah you know <laughs> he's just like and you know that this is a guy who has access to phenomenal you know as genie would say in the in Aladdin phenomenal cosmic powers um but he's not you know there's a line yeah. you know like the utilization of the dark side is not really you know on the table for him and that's that's something they explore a little bit in some of the books too which i, I can i can mention as we go forward a little bit yeah um with with the way they retroactively again kind of fill in his backstory um and, and his connection with dooku and everything and so this is kind of cool too because you know in my mind it's like you have to 
try to imagine like we don't know anything like they don't even mention dooku at all in episode one i don't think yeah right I don't so, think so so you but the timeline i think that they've set up canonically and it lines up with some of the books he's he's gone at this point but he's not you know they don't know that he's a sith lord obviously that's 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 a later discovery but they do explore some of those like the underpinnings like they have a scene where qui-gon in i can't remember if it's a flashback in master and apprentice or in the uh the book uh Dooku Jedi Lost. Those two are both really good, um, especially the audio books. I, I recommend those, um, if only because the actor they have doing the voiceovers does a pretty good young Liam Neeson impression. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, but but there's one scene where Dooku, like they're they're going after some bad guy. Dooku's been on this path, and he's it's probably the Dooku book because he's kind of the focus. But he has like one of those moments of like, kind of letting it go a little bit. You know, like, and he's kind of enjoying a little bit of of some sort of force torture, you know, of some kind. I don't remember if it was lightning yet or not. It was not, force lightning, I think. Yeah, was it lightning? Okay, yeah. And 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 Qui Gon's like, uh, <laughs> you know, like my master, like. So he's they explore those in the books, and you kind of get the impression that it connects to the movies very rely or very believably. I think that, you know, he's he's seen in a very close way, having this father figure. Mm-hmm. who you know at least has become disenchanted and left and he doesn't know the extent of it yet just how dark it is um but that kind of you know his own inner inner turmoil um and i think we've even seen you know i mean even for us christians and like we've seen you know uh even church leaders and stuff you know when there's a scandal or something or you know you you have that battle of like how could that how could that happen to them or if it was someone that you knew you mm-hmm. know like well like how like am i really any different like how you know and that that turmoil of of really being forced to like make your choice mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and to recognize it so like you know not to go too far down that rabbit hole but i i think there's a lot of that tied in with his his calmness which is what i said at the beginning mm-hmm. of this it, it's a calmness that may not have been in the in, intention to be that deep when they made episode 1 mm-hmm. but there's like this self control that i think he really uh it's a self-control that could have not been controlled, that he's really fought to be able to to be who he is. Um, and so I think that there's, for me, a lot of that. And like a real hero is not someone who's never been tempted, mm-hmm. you know, and someone who's been tempted or maybe continuing to be tempted, but who is, you know, responding to grace, responding to that, you know, uh, the, the good, you know, the good training you've had, that kind of stuff. So I think there's a lot of that in his character as well. Uh, oh my let's gosh. just say some of his some of his companions could learn from <laughs> yeah yeah i you said so much in that sorry <laughs> like my like, brain is just yeah. no but my brain is like firing off like all these different things because I'm, I'm of course thinking of something i know you're going to bring up a little later about <laughs> a certain connection to another certain character that, yeah. that makes you wonder like what if you know right if things had been different yes <laughs> um but so to start off you it's yeah. so funny that you mentioned G- genie because did you know that oh. jinn comes from that's like the arabic word for genie oh yeah i hadn't <laughs> even thought of that connection yeah i wonder if... so <laughs> quite on the genie yeah <laughs> but i was looking if he had at a blue lightsaber no, oh would have right been full circle <laughs> <laughs> but i was i was looking up the name qui-gon jinn because i was like what does that even yeah. mean and yeah so apparently it comes from a chinese word for a system of coordinated body movement um breathing meditation mm. that's used for like health spirituality martial arts that's supposed to allow access to higher realms of awareness and balance of energy, like Tai Chi, kind of. Right, right. And so that's that's the Qui-Gon part. Mm. And then the Jin part supposedly comes from the Arabic word Jin, meaning genie or like a type of spirit. Um, and so some people kind of translate his name to mean guardian spirit of the living force. I, But actually... Hmm. When I was looking up more about the Arabic, so Jin, the root word is Jinna, and I hope any of y- y'all who um, speak Arabic could maybe pronounce. Uh, we, we need we need Andrew correct my pronunciation. <laughs> like, right. As soon as Andrew's here, Andrew, if, he, if he can make it, come here yeah, now, Genie. <laughs> this is <laughs> <laughs> rubbing my Irish flag. No, um, but it so it means hidden. So, and I think. 
I think mm. Qui-Gon has this like hidden strength, this like inner, he's like this strong pillar in episode one, in my mind, at least. Um, and that is very, um, I think it's very tied to his trust in the force that he consistently trusts in the will of the force. He's constantly seeking to do the will of the force um mm -hmm. and so to me like you know you look up what makes a strong movie character or book character or whatever and a strong character supposedly really goes for it like they're really like obsessive about something almost but they're all the way and i think qui-gon really goes all the way for this idea of the living force, right? I mean, we get the midichlorians, right. we get the, you know, everything, all of that stuff we get from Qui-Gon, right? I he's, mean, he's the first person who says the dreaded word. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't get as upset about them as some people, but it, yeah. it is a little like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. yeah so and he goes all in on them. Too. He goes all in. So I think he, does, yeah. he, you know, and, and, and also, you know, talking about, Anakin like he really believes in Anakin that Anakin mm. is the chosen one and even to his like dying breath you know he's like Anakin yeah. chosen one you got to train him so you know I think that makes him a good character because of just the consistency the the strength the inner strength that he has this um this you know believing in Anakin who ultimately is the center of the saga um but in my mind at the same time, we don't really have enough time in episode one to develop enough, I would say, empathy for Qui-Gon as a person. Um, and I don't know if you agree yeah. with that. I mean, r rumor has it Liam Neeson, uh, at least I'd heard a few times, I'm sure other people would have heard this too. However, he heard of the role was just like a role in Star Wars, you know, Star Wars coming <laughs> back. Yes. And like yeah. he hadn't even read the script. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, I, I don't know that he wouldn't have done the movie or anything like I'm not saying that. But, you know, there there is this like he, you know, the man himself, like he wanted to be part of Star Wars. Right. You know? So there's that's one of those first waves I think you get of fandom, which you didn't have like when the originals came out. You know, they weren't fans of Star Wars. They mm -hmm. were actors, you mm -hmm. know, and, uh, and, you know, Mark Hamill has famously mentioned about like how much a lot of them are laughing on set. Cause like, you know, you're standing there, everyone's running around getting set for the next shot. And like, he's like, I look to my left and like, there's this veteran actor, you know, Sir, you know, Sir Alec Guinness next to me. And on the other side of me, he's like a, you know, seven and a half foot tall dog, <laughs> you know, in like a, a fluffy costume. It's like, he, he was like, it was ridiculous. You know, Absurd, it was like, yeah. <laughs> like it was, you know, when, when it started out, but now you have this like wave, you know, of course, like uh, Ewan McGregor, you know, having been a kid, you know, seeing it, um, uh, and I guess, you know, Liam Neeson would have been probably in his teens, I guess, when the first ones came out. Uh, so so just that, like the passion, you know, and, and the taking serious of the responsibility or whatever you want to call it, like to be in Star Wars. And so I, I think. You know, I, I, I remember I was in high school when episode one came out and um, I didn't I had seen Liam Neeson in a few things. He was already pretty famous at that point, you know, but uh, I think just him in it was good like you know it's just it was a good fit you know he seemed like to have a character oh yeah you know, to, to have that that weight so i guess like you go in liking him already mm -hmm. and you know you're of course sad when he dies that's true. But i think you're right point. i think there's not a whole lot of like my connection to the character mm -hmm. of you know the character of qui-gon not liam neeson in star mm -hmm. wars mm -hmm. i think probably you know over the years of watching it multiple multiple times but then really you know clone wars help amp that up a little bit and then these uh, these books I mentioned, um, which uh, again, what was it? it? Was Master and Apprentice was Claudia Gray, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. So, and that was uh, just a few years old. That was twenty nineteen. Mm -hmm. And then Dooku, uh, Dooku Jedi Lost. Is it Cavan or Cavan? I'm, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Uh, Scott. That's also twenty nineteen. Mm -hmm. So like these two novels that came out that I listened to on audiobooks, you know, just this past year, but they they were only a year old. Um, so I feel like I've just recently kind of been like, wow, this this character is really growing on me even more all these years later. Well, that's a great segue to get right into the character development of Qui-Gon. Um, and I think, you know, in a way, George 
set up Qui-Gon for someone starting the Star Wars saga from the start to be like the ideal Jedi. Um, And I have this quote from George that he says, I wanted to convey the idea that Jedi are all very powerful, but they're also vulnerable, which is why I wanted to kill Qui-Gon. That is to say, hey, these guys aren't Superman. These guys are people who are vulnerable, just like every other person. So, um, you know, talking about that, uh, the character development of Qui-Gon, you know, we've we've kind of touched on it already. Um, but, you know, there isn't that much development that happens like in the first movie, I would say. Um, he certainly, you know, goes through a certain arc of uh, story, but I don't know if there's too much character development that actually takes place during the Phantom Menace. Um, but to kind of set up the conversation, I do want to uh, also go back to a Dave Filoni quote. And then I think this is where we can kind of like really sink our teeth in um, that you said I was going to bring up. And so here it is. It's from Disney Gallery, Star Wars, The Mandalorian. And Dave said, what's at stake during the Duel of the Fates um, lightsaber battle? What's at stake is how Anakin is going to turn out because Qui-Gon is different from the rest of the Jedi. You get that in the movie. Qui-Gon is fighting because he knows he's the father that Anakin needs. Qui-Gon hasn't given up on the fact that Jedi are supposed to actually care and love and that that's not a bad thing. The rest of the Jedi are so detached and they become so political that they've really lost their way. Qui-Gon is ahead of them all. And that's why he's not part of the council. So he's fighting for Anakin. And that's why it's the duel of the fates. It's the fate of this child. Qui-Gon knew what it meant to take this kid away from his mother when he had an attachment. And then he goes into how Obi-Wan is his brother and not the father figure to Anakin and so forth. So what's your take on, Mike, how the character of Qui-Gon kind of unfolds, develops, but then also just how like his role in Star Wars, kind of like what Dave was talking about. Well, it's it's funny because the the word that came to mind uh, and I was just doing a quick Merriam-Webster search here just to really get to the bottom of it. But it's uh, the word serious. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a serious man, you know, mm-hmm. like just in general, like his personality. And um, I did not realize that the word apparently has a connection uh, in, uh, in Latin to the sense of weighty, mm. you know. Um, and so, which makes sense, right? You know, s- s- solemnness, um, not, not a um, dismal kind of, you know, he's not like a, you know, like some party pooper, uh, but he's he's not joking around. Like he's he's personable. Uh, he's he's friendly, I would say. Um, very respectful. You know, he's he's the absolute gentleman, you know, when he's at, at the Skywalker residence and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you think of like Jar Jar was shooting a stupid tongue like into the bowl over and over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like sitting there trying to have a conversation, you know, don't do that again. Like letting his tongue go. It's like me and my dog. You know, like P- Petey, you know, like stop it. We're having a conversation, <laughs> but just like you know, so so not. It's funny because even that scene, like I was thinking of that scene a few times today. You know, just thinking about the character, what came to mind, and what I think I love about it is it's like it's it's a few things. I think he's annoyed. I think he's just annoyed on a human level at, at Jar Jar's antics. You know, but the, I think there's also a little like a propriety there too. It's like that's not appropriate. You know, right. there's a way we're supposed to behave right now. And you could say that's just manners. That's just ethics. But I'm like, but I feel like that's everything. Right. I mean, like there's, you know, like the way Qui-Gon's behaving at the Skywalker table, you know, is the seed or the core of then why he be like why he's willing to risk his life to say, you know, and it's, it reminds me of the whole like if you're trustworthy in small things, you know, you'll be trustworthy in bigger ones. So um, I think they explore that. um in a way, it's, it's to me, it's similar to Yoda, like we talked in the Yoda episode, or you guys did. I listened to it. Hey, by the way, I forgot to tell you last week, um, <laughs> last last episode, and the, the fans can totally, I, w- I was going to tell you this off air, so now they're going to think I'm just showboating, and people may not believe me, but I swear I'm telling the honest to God truth. <laughs> I guessed what your, Yo- what your Yoda uh, line was. <laughs> That's awesome. I guessed it. I, I was driving to the car, like, because I couldn't be there, and I'm, I was like, 
I think it's that one. I think I bet it's the <laughs> anti in, like uh, uh, anti-body kind of like material. Yes, you would, Mike. You would crude matter. I'm like no, no, but um, but what we what we, you guys were talking about with Yoda, um, carrying with him in many ways, um, so much like this this air of uh, not perfection, but but just like you said, or like the description of him uh, as venerable. Mm-hmm. I thought right away the, the connection to Yoda, and I really do think there is a lot of uh, obviously purposeful um, similarities in some sense, or, or there's a kindred spirit I think between Yoda and Qui Gon. Oh yeah, and you, and you get that in some of the books too, where they explore more of his, you know, the troubles with the council, and like they like they actually offer him a position on the council by the end of the one book, and he refuses it. Mm-hmm. But but Yoda, you know. Yoda kind of gets it in a sense, you know, like he, you, you kind of see Yoda's tied into all, all of that, like you guys talked about as well. But but Yoda and then you see that play on the Clone Wars, Yoda's open, I think, in, in a lot of good ways, too. You know, and you see the two of them, I think, share enough in common with that uh, appreciation for the bigger picture um, and and the living force and not letting ourselves get distracted by this deception of the enemy, that kind of thing, you know, Um I'm, I'm rambling, but that's, I think, no, yeah. I think that that sort of serious, earnest, you know, just, just who they are at their core, you know, and then walking that walk and everything being consistent, like you said consi- you know, earlier. So yeah, I think that's all there too. Yeah. Um, and you know, part of that, um, again, going back to what makes him a good character is his, his trust in the will of the force that he is, um, constantly, seeking i think he you know when we talk about trusting in the force it in a way you know relates to like trusting in god's will um for a christian right like it gives you a certain sense of reassurance of confidence of calm you know all those things um and but then at the same time what's funny is when we talk about character development is that you see as he is betting with Watto for Anakin's uh, release as a slave that he cheats. Qui-Gon cheats in the dice toss. He, he uses the force to turn it to blue so that it'll be Anakin that he gets and not Anakin's mom, right? So <laughs> I, that's so interesting. Um, I th- I like those little things that George did so that we we do see like yeah, he's not perfect, right? Like he's he's right. a great Jedi. He's an honorable person. You know, he is a gentleman, like you said. But then at the same time, like he's also not like like a god, yep. you know, or a demigod right. or something. Right. Well, and even like uh, with with Padme too, because like, he doesn't know who she is yet, and he's just like kind of like what the queen doesn't know. He doesn't. That's not a quote, but he's basically like what the queen doesn't know won't hurt her kind of thing. And she's like. I don't approve, you know, and he's just like, so you're not the queen. And it's like, Ooh, whoa. she says like, something she like, is. don't you, you assume too much. I think she says to him, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's right. So, um, exactly. So I think, um, it's, it's good that George did that. And then, you know, going back to the beginning that I was talking about the beginning of the movie where Qui-Gon says, you know, I don't sense anything where Obi-Wan's like, I have a bad feeling about this. You almost wonder, like, is Qui-Gon's, like, focus on the present part of his downfall, maybe? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't get the bigger picture, maybe. Like, he, he, we know that he treasures the prophecies of the Jedi, right? And that he, um, in the, I guess, the comics and the books that talk more about Mm -hmm. how he actually got into that. um, And he picked that up from Dooku. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, and so this idea that he like he has this picture in mind, but maybe he's not actually tied into like what is really, really happening. I guess like in Christian Catholic, like lingo, we would say maybe like reading the signs of the times, (laughs) like in a way, sort of like, he's so focused on like, no, like, let's just be here now. Like, um, and it's interesting because Obi-Wan even says like, well, Master Yoda said I should be mindful of the future. And Qui-Gon's like, well, not at the expense of the moment, be mindful of the, of the living force. So 
I don't know. I just I wonder if George wrote that in as mm. one of the first things that we hear in episode one, because like that whole, you know, I have a bad feeling about this, like it's familiar. But then at the same time, he's he's bringing in these new ideas and this he's setting up this almost drama, you know, this opera where mm. um, the, some of the characters have a sense of the danger, right? That word is used a lot for Anakin, that danger that yeah. is present. But then also the reality of the Jedi way and, you know, balancing that with the present moment. So, yeah, well, and, and I think that's I mean, that's the real trick, isn't it? With with, you know, all the dangers you run into when you only live in the future, which, of course, then that they picked that up with Luke in mm -hmm, some ways, mm -hmm. like the his flaw or one of one of them. But, you know, the whole like I want these adventures off there in the distance and all that kind of stuff and then losing sight of the moment. But I think you're right too that, you know, and then if you focus on the past too much, that's like the whole, you know, uh, setting your hand to the plow, but, but looking back and, and I've been told, you know, um, that the, I guess the imagery, um, especially for Jesus's audience at the time was, you know, and it makes sense, you know, like, I guess if you're, you're pushing this plow, you know, or you're driving the plow, whatever. And like, you, you look back, like you're going to kind of, you know, your body goes where your head does, right? So, like, I'm looking left, and it's I'm veering off to the left or veering off to the right, and that idea of like, like knowing where I'm at, but I'm looking ahead down the road because I need to know what's coming up. So that balance between present and and future as it's nearing the present. Mm -hmm. So, um, and not getting too hung up on the past, but I, I think yeah, there is that little bit of, you know, not to put it on Qui Gon's shoulders because <laughs> nobody else saw it either, but it's like. Don't you think somebody would catch on to the emperor, you know, mm -hmm. um, but but even the way and that I mean, we did a whole show on him, obviously, but but the, the brilliance of, you know, he's not running around like glowing red with like little horns sticking out of his head either. Like the whole <laughs> the whole approach of of or the whole um, uh, method that he's using is one of deception and subterfuge and, and distraction and, right. you know clouding you know that that he yeah he's he sort of blurs everything anyway you know so that that kind of makes sense i guess um but even i don't know though because qui-gon like again i just just one other thing i thought of real quick with it with the whole um the reality that he's at the same token he's not so like i don't know like he his immediate mission has nothing to do with Anakin whatsoever mm. on the, I mean like by the book. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's Obi-Wan's like by the book. Right. Uh, <laughs> and Obi-Wan's like, let's leave, you know, why are we picking up another pathetic life form? Like, I mean, that's Obi-Wan's like, understandably, it's like, master, we have a mission. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, right. get, get the hyperdrive. Let's get off this dusty rock. And, you know, <laughs> we have to get the queen, you know, this is important. And so to Qui-Gon's credit, he doesn't ever lose sight of any of that, but he's like, this kid, this is important. You know, like I'm going to, I'm going to incorporate this into what we're doing. I'm going to cheat on that cube because the force wants me to. <laughs> so there, I feel like there's a little bit of that. I'm not advocating cheating, but I think I feel like there's a little bit of that. Like, I mean, any of us who teach or do anything in ministry, you know, those moments where you have all your notes mm -hmm. and then you're like, mm mm no, I, I'm supposed to go this way right now. So I think I think there's a connection there, too, of like, maybe it's both, mm. <laughs> you know, like you got to have the plan, but be willing to remember that your plan's a tiny part of a much bigger one. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. You know? I like that. Um, and actually, that's getting into some of my favorite qualities of uh, Qui-Gon, because when you brought up that. Anakin just calls or Obi-Wan just calls Anakin another pathetic life form <laughs> like Qui-Gon like, sticks on. up for him right yes he um does. He, and and I read that um in Legends Star Wars Legends um old canon that Dooku actually told Qui-Gon that Qui-Gon's only weakness was his compassion for all life and he told him that that would inevitably of course Dooku said that yes of course right <laughs> i mean when i read that i was like okay yeah but um but he said that that would inevitably lead to being betrayed by a friend and mm. you know 
of course they wrote that you know kind of um with the idea that that Anakin I I guess would would be the one to betray his his goodwill um but you know I that that's one of the my favorite things about Qui-Gon is that he was very kind you know um Obi-Wan is my favorite Jedi but he does kind Same of <laughs> <laughs> right but he does sort of have a little bit of like an arrogance to him um like maybe not the same kind scratchy. of arrogance like, of Anakin, yeah. <laughs> but like kind of a little bit more like highfalutin it, it gets humbled you know after a while yeah. but at this point at least in in the saga so that's that's one of my favorite things about Qui-Gon I, I tend to trust people well, who like Qui-Gon Jinn <laughs> well and, and, and it's funny because I, I I was just thinking too the um and I forget which the, the novels I keep bringing up did, did you read both of those or just the no, I Master didn't. Apprentice one or okay because I there's it's not exactly a spoiler because it's, it's kind of like obviously happening the whole way through the book they just mention it explicitly at the end but uh the one book I, I think it's well it's Master and Apprentice is really pursuing the differences between obi-wan and and qui-gon mm-hmm. and you know and it's neat because it's basically like they're both kind of on the edge of breaking up essentially or <laughs> like, like you know requesting a you know a transfer or whatever because it's not working that kind of thing and then you know the context of the mission that really brings them together and what's interesting is they they realize at the end and kind of laugh about it that the reason they were put together which both of them had been spending most of the book kind of thinking was sort of a mistake or just a convenience thing. And they finally realized that the reason that uh, that they were matched together was, if I remember correctly, uh, and I think it's Qui-Gon who kind of recognizes it and says it to Obi-Wan, but because Obi-Wan is, is so by the book and Qui-Gon's not, mm-hmm. the Jedi Council wisely recognized that Obi-Wan needed to kind of grow a little bit in his ability to mm-hmm. kind of, again, not break the rules, but his ability to kind of, uh, it's, it's a Pharisee, it's, it's getting Loosen beyond a Phariseeism, up. you know, is, yeah. is the law God or is it God's law, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that kind of thing. Um, and it's, it's not the rules that are the be all end all. It, it's the, where do the rules come from? And right. if the one that made the rules is trying to get you to see something beyond them, you know, and so that kind of thing. And, and they just have a laugh because they realize that the best way that they could have come up with to get Obi-Wan to do that was to put him with someone who doesn't follow the <laughs> rules very often. So Obi-Wan would need to rebel. Like they were trying to teach him how to rebel. Mm-hmm. So they had to give him a master who he wouldn't want to follow. <laughs> Because, you know, so it's it's very, like, deliberate, like, you know, getting him that way. So that's a cool thing, too, is seeing, like, the, and, and obviously the, the overlap here. Like, you can't talk about Qui-Gon without talking about Obi-Wan yeah. and, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's a fun piece of that, too. Yeah. Um, and that's so, oh, that's such a great um, concept. You know, I think all religious people all people who belong to some kind of group like have that struggle they encounter that dichotomy at some point right like is exactly what you were saying like is the law um my god or you know did god give us the law and um and Qui-Gon sure is a great um character to look to um, when when you think about that concept, um, I think, you know, he he definitely, um, you know, he he does he does bend the rules or maybe just kind of try to to skirt around them sometimes. Um, but I, I appreciate very much that he also, just like Dave Filoni said, he recognized that at the time the Jedi Council was astray, that they were so focused on politics and, you know, what was going on. I mean, when I was rewatching The Phantom Menace, I was struck by how, you know, they were um, they were talking to Qui-Gon about training Anakin and there and then Qui-Gon was like, well, well, Obi-Wan's ready for the trials. And, you know, they were having this whole discussion and and 
Master Windu was like, this is not the time to talk about this right now, because here's what's going on in the Republic. Like all the and then he's like, all these political Mm -hmm. things are happening, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, who cares? (laughs) Why does that matter to the Jedi Council in terms of like who goes on to the trials and who, you know, who gets a new Padawan? Like, it shouldn't matter. Sounds like a management issue. Yeah. Right. So like, what do you guys have? Is, is it? It's like it's not the Clone Wars yet. You got all hands on deck. Come on. Yeah. Like you can't have someone train this kid. Exactly. Know, so you know that's that's one thing that I I do very much like about him. Another thing, um, as far as favorite qualities, anything that comes to mind for you? Well, and, and it's this is somewhat somehow this is related. I don't know how, but here here it goes. Um, because a little bit what we were just saying about like the training and and the belief mm. in uh, in Anakin. The I'd say the encouragement, um, and it's it's very fatherly. It's you know there's a yeah. very like you know um, I I think it's a great you know in terms of of some of the struggles we see today with some of these topics you know a, a, a very like in I think intensely authentically masculine fatherly character mm. you know and he does it with that hair <laughs> no <laughs> which is question because i mean that's a style thing but whatever no no i, I love it it's, it's 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 a riot i love when you see the training videos and you see the like they're beginning to grow their beards and hair and stuff and you know um and they have to augment some of it because you know um but his um his encouragement of anakin and uh again that that just ongoing purposely torturous question of what what, what could have been you know and uh it reminds me of I, I don't know where I heard this, but I, whoever told it to me seems trustworthy. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to start. <laughs> okay. Um, that there was um, a uh, a story of two, basically of two altar boys where a very similar situation, probably right around the same time happened in the like the early years of the, you know, the, the first decade of the 1900s, I want to say. And, you know, serving at mass and they... they uh, drop a crew and it shatters into a thousand pieces in the middle of mass while they're serving with a bishop. And in both cases, you know, the boys were like, of course, horrified, you know, different, different parts of the world that this, the same thing had happened. And in the one case, the, uh, the bishop uh, was consoling the altar boy later after mass and, and very, you know, uh, kind of encouraged him, spoke to him and, uh, and said, basically, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, someday you'll be a bishop like me. Hmm. Um, in the other case, the, the the bishop chewed the boy out, screamed at him, and really like just just beat him down over it, basically, and kind of you know um, didn't build him up very well. Story goes that the first boy was Fulton Sheen, uh, and the second boy was Joseph Stalin. Wow. And so, and again, if that story is true, I, I know the Fulton Sheen side of it's true. I, I, the Stalin mm. side, I think, was was I, I hadn't heard that before, but I was like, yikes! I think you want to talk about, you know, it's not that bishop's fault that Joseph Stalin sure, did what yeah. he did, but to just take a little inventory on like everything we do matters. <laughs> every conversation, every little drop in the bucket, you know, uh, if you're in any kind of leadership or mentoring or parenting or teach or whatever you know role uh that all of our lives intersect nothing's a mistake there are no how what, what did what, what obi-wan call him again pathetic life form yeah. <laughs> yeah no 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 such thing um be careful when you, you know, it's um and of course obi-wan comes to see that you know and uh has his own journey with with anakin to be sure but um but yeah i think that that uh that mentoring, that that fathering, um, is is a thing I never really noticed at that much until these last few years, and especially Dave Filoni's quote that it, that we're all just still blown away by. Mm. Yeah, I mean that. Gosh, you're setting up our transition so well, Mike. But that flows right into this. lessons learned. <laughs> um, because oh yeah, I I'm just blown away by you know I remember listening to Dave just just sort of pointing out the thread that goes through everything along that line of fatherhood and the importance of choosing to be a good father, because ultimately Anakin has to make the choice to be the father that he never had. And, Mm -hmm. um, and just this idea that it all goes back to Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, in a way. And, Um, and Qui-Gon's belief in him and Qui-Gon seeing this boy and saying there's something more there um, 
And so, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not capable of being a father, but I would be curious, you know, like just in your experience of fatherhood, like how important that is like to kind of see those seeds and, and encourage, Mm -hmm. you know, as you were saying, like to encourage, um, and even in your own life, you know, as someone who had father figures, um, how important of a role that is. I think for me, it's always been, I know what helps me and I, I'm, I'm sure this is, you know, for, for, for you as well. I think it's just, a, this is probably just a human thing, but like when you, you know, when someone that you respect or someone you look up to in some way, shape or form encourages you, but not just encourages you, encourages you in a way that sort of shares that they've been there too, like in a believable way mm-hmm. or you see it, you know, um, cause I think that just, just reminds us, you know, against the, uh, the lies I think that the enemy tries to stir up in us, you know, that we're alone and that's constantly, you know, like you're, you're the only one going through what you're going through. Well, that's, that's never, ever true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's never once been true, you know, um, maybe in the garden of Eden, but, but they were both going <laughs> through it at the same time, you know, right. <laughs> Adam and Eve. But, uh, you know, so for example, like, uh, the other day, my uh, daughter, Noel, who's four, she's doing this, uh, like theater class, uh, through zoom They're Like it's my wife's cousin is involved in like a, like a children's theater kind of thing. And, uh, so there's a bunch of little kids on this zoom meeting and, uh, Noelle's like, she's very attentive and she's focused and everything, but she's like not participating like at all, like mm-hmm. hardly. And she's just very quiet and we're kind of there and encouraging her and she'll like turn, you know, like, okay, oh, yeah, honey, you can do it. And they're, they're like, you know, asking like, what color do you see? Like what, you know, and she just doesn't, you know, want to do anything. Um, and what's funny is like, watching it because it's like i'm thinking to myself i know her you know and it's like i know like she can sing you know and i'm probably being like a um you know over the top dad but but in all <laughs> facts you know it's like yeah she can sing i'm not saying oh she can sing better than any of those kids well i don't know that but you know but she's you know, beautiful singing voice incredible musical acumen like i like i've never seen i mean her, her musical intelligence and her memory and and or creativity and all this stuff. And I'm just watching it and my heart's kind of just a little, you know, like, I wonder what, you know, I'm trying to figure out like, I know she's shy, but like, what do you do? And so I didn't push or anything. I just encouraged her a little bit. And, you know, like even at one point they're like, well, what sound does a puppy make? And she's like, <laughs> you know, just kind of like pops her lips and you know, it's just a goofy little, and I'm like, well, you know, and of course they're great. You know, the teacher, you know, she's seen this a million times and she's like, good. <laughs> you know, like, but then afterwards, you know, I'm just talking to her and it was just so sweet. And she's so honest. She's like, I, she's like, oh, I'm just a little shy, mm. you know? And I said, oh, honey. And I, I, I called her over. I really tried to make sure that, you know, we were eye to eye and like, you know, we're not just like doing something else. Like, and I really kind of got focused with her. And I, I just told her, I was like, oh, honey, I said, I said, you don't have to feel bad about that. You know? And I was like, I'm, I said, I'm shy too sometimes. And she's like, I just don't know any of them. I was like, well, you know them better than you did last week. Right. You know, she's like, yeah. And so this is, you know, the thing is like, I wish Thomas were here. Cause he knows so much more about this than I do. <laughs> You know, um, what four, four, four times as much of it as I do, <laughs> but that, that like so much of it's like, I'm kind of making it up on the spot, you know, or I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like reacting sometimes, but, but at that moment, like I'm, I'm when I'm at my best, like I'm fully present. I'm like engaged in this. I'm like, but I'm not trying to like play to those, those fears that can crop up, which do of like. Oh, dear God, if I don't get this figured out now, she's doomed forever. You're like, no, like, just stop it. Like, just she's four. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, worry about when she's 14, when she's 14. Like, that's so so that balance, I think, like with Qui-Gon back to that of like, I'm sure as he's trying to like, you know, he's potentially seeing, you know, Paz or being tempted to see good, bad, all the stuff that could happen with Anakin. But he's he's there. He's present in the moment. Uh, he's trying to instruct and teach and guard and defend and all that where he's at mm-hmm. and he does a good job where he's at and being killed wasn't part of the plan <laughs> you know <laughs> and it just completely i did that's another thing i want to ask thomas is what was maybe this is too mean i was going to ask thomas if he's here tonight what's the what's the sword fighting mistake uh, that qui-gon made you know it's like yeah how how what should he have done better in the from the fight standpoint no um, so yeah, that, that's, I'm kind of all over the place with that, but, um, yeah, I think that's connecting back to earlier stuff. We talked about that balance of, of, 
you know, being present, encouraging, you know, not being afraid to show a little bit of that vulnerability without, you know, too much sort of depends, but. Right. Yeah. And that actually reminds me of when, um, when Obi-Wan is talking to Qui-Gon and he's like, the boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? And Qui-Gon says his future is uncertain. He is not dangerous. Mm. And those two lines, like his future is mm-hmm. uncertain. He is not dangerous. Says so much to me. Like any person that you encounter, like their fate is not determined, you know, predetermined. Yeah. They have the choices their future is uncertain, right? Like to to just look at somebody, especially a 10-year-old boy, I mean, come on, but to say like he's dangerous, I mean, that takes a lot of guts. <laughs> the, the Jedi yeah, have a like lot a, of like guts Grogu, to say like, that. Like, like throwing stormtroopers all over his, his cell <laughs> and like strangling Cara Dune and, and, you know, because she's arm wrestling. Like, I'm like, so like the same kind of thing. It's like, well, no, no, it's just he's, he's got power. We got to direct it right. in the right way, you know, right. same thing for Anakin. And it just, you know, it's a good contrast, maybe the two of them. <laughs> right. But you know, that's a very good, it's a very good father um, perspective, right? Because I mean, you think about, I'm, I'm thinking right now about father Greg Boyle, who has uh, homeboy industries where he, he takes like guys that have come out of prison and they've, 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 you know, spent a lot of time in gangs and and different, you know, tough situations and they don't have that father figure. And Father Greg Boyle says, you know, hey, let's let's get you on a on a good path. And certainly, um, you know, somebody has to be seeking that and wanting that for themselves. But to have that father figure who says like, no, like, I'm not just going to write you off like I'm going to see you as an individual who can have a future that is good, you know? So that's one thing that I kind of, I I pulled from Qui-Gon. And another thing is um, that I wanted to talk with you about in particular from like a, a theological philosophical perspective is that Qui-Gon says your focus determines your reality. (laughs) Which is like a can of worms, right? Because it's it's yes. not true in some obvious ways, right? Like, right. like you could be poor and like living in a horrible situation, or rich, and you know, and and if you're focused <laughs> on, Bunny. right? If you're focused <laughs> on something, like no matter how much you focus on it, it's not going to happen, right? But there is a little bit of truth to it at the same time, right? Like it may not determine. Yeah what is the case but your focus does determine sort of your perception of reality yeah. right i what, I what i immediately thought of was was the um uh, i think what, what what woody allen once called i think he called death the big one <laughs> or the big something like that yeah. you know that's like, but but like you know like you know you're the eternal question right because in that sense it's like if you take your whole life in a snapshot, what it what it's focused on does determine <laughs> at least, you know, your experience of, of eternity, mm. you know, so that's the, the big picture thing. And I don't know if that might be mm. there might be something there as far as like, you know, your your focus. When, when does he say that again? Exactly. I, I forget. When, um, that... when does he say that? So I believe Sorry to put you on the spot. No, I, <laughs> I, I believe it. It could be. Either at the beginning when he is talking to Obi-Wan or when he's talking to Anakin. Um, but I'm, I'm not By the way, when you type, clear on when that. you type your focus on Google, like by the time you start typing the third letter of focus, it pops up, determines your reality. So it's famous. <laughs> uh, it, it looks like I'm just, I, I'm not watching the clip, but I see the little image of it. It's one of those little little powwows they have between him and Anakin when they're on Coruscant, mm. like on the landing pad. I think it's the landing pad. Mm-hmm. I think it's before they get back on the ship to go back to Naboo. It looks like. Got it. Um, 
So, so in that come, maybe the context would help. Cause that's, you know, of course right. they're, I'm not allowed to train you, you know, uh, and what, and I guess, and he's trying to get him to he watch, says to him, watch him. Right. You know, yeah. Like, right. So maybe that's part of it too. The idea of like, watch what I do, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, you know, you'll get that sort of schooling in a sense, you know, that, that apprenticeship as best we can, mm-hmm. um, you know, which reminds me, this is a bizarre connection, but uh, <clears throat> reminds me a little bit of the situation of um, the persecuted uh, Japanese Christians for so many centuries, which, ironically enough, Liam Neeson was in the movie Silence. Right. But that's another connection. <laughs> <laughs> and his character in that is far less appealing. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, the uh, apostate uh, you know, character. But um, but he um, or but but they rather. Uh, you know, so many Christians in Japan, you know, Catholics in Japan who didn't have any clergy for, you know, centuries. And when the when missionaries are allowed to come back in, they, to their surprise in some areas, find somewhat thriving Catholic communities who recognize the priest right away. Mm-hmm. And what what I love about that is, like, they hadn't. None of them had ever seen a priest before. They had never known anyone who had ever known anyone who had ever seen a priest before. I mean, this is like generations of this hidden church. Mm. But the idea of focus, you know, they they did the best they could with what they had and were able to preserve, you know, like keeping an ember alive, you know, when everything's trying to blow it out. And so I, I almost feel like that sense of of. I wouldn't necessarily say that what they're going through and. Phantom Menace is quite on that level, but, mm-hmm. you know, in their universe, you know, you have this this devastating situation where, you know, everything's just been lost. You know, like I, I thought I had this path in front of me. I thought I was going to be this Jedi. You know, uh, we can't do that. What can you do? Well, watch me. <laughs> I'm one, uh, you know, and we'll, um, you know, show you how, how to how to do this and, and how to um, situate your life around these principles that kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah maybe there's something to that because i to me it means that more than it means you know you can craft your reality to be whatever you want it to be which right. unfortunately is what anakin then ends up doing exactly now that I think about it. exactly darn it <laughs> darn it so this is what freaks me out as a teacher because like i teach my students things and then i like what are they gonna do with it you know oh, mr creepy taught me this like the other day we started class off and like, you know, like I, I'm getting all this stuff ready and some kids just having a sidebar conversation. And they're like, you know, blah, 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 black market. Uh, Mr. Creepy, can you buy such and such on the black market? <laughs> and my response was like, I'm getting like a stack of papers. Ready. I said, you can buy everything on the black market. And then I stopped myself and I said, hold on a minute. But I, said, I just want to be clear here. I said, you're going to, you know, someone's going to go home. Like, what'd you guys learn at school today? Mr. Creepy said you can buy whatever. And I'm like, yes, I said that, but okay. Like, so like you know Qui-Gon rest his soul Qui-Gon did you tell Anakin your focus determined yes I did but that's not what I meant yeah <laughs> and I think you know to to kind of conclude with our favorite moments it it goes mm-hmm. into what ultimately I think is Qui-Gon's purity of intention um that you know he he as doing at the very beginning of the duel of the fates he actually has that moment where he and darth maul are separated by i don't know what those red ray light wall things are that come down right but so maul is on one side and he's ready to go he's rearing to go and qui-gon kneels down to meditate and I think that ultimately is my favorite Qui-Gon moment because mm. it reminds me to have purity of intention to say, like, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? Right. Ultimately, what is my focus? Um, and so, yeah, I think it all goes back to that. I think it all goes back to Qui-Gon being focused on the the intention of living the Jedi way. Right. So that's my mm-hmm. favorite moment um, from Qui-Gon. And so I'm curious if you have a favorite moment. I don't know if I do. I, I think, which is funny because I'm just laughing. I, I'm remembering now that I'm pretty sure when we first saw that that movie, uh, my mom was like singing the praises like as a mother to, to us. Um, you know, see, see, he's not fighting mad. <laughs> 
you know, like the, sort of a, a recognition of, of like her pointing out the contrast too. like, that's good. See, he's calm. He's was like, yes, mom. OK, like I wasn't going to be like the devil dude anyway. You know, um, that's not the goal. No, but um, I was I don't really know if it's a single moment, but I, I, I really love I love just the relationship between him and Obi-Wan and, you know, knowing where Obi-Wan ends up and all the problems that he's going to face, the mistakes he's going to make. But then, you know, to fast forward to Obi-Wan in his twilight years, as we see him in A New Hope, viewed through the lens of, you know, the sort of matured, fulfilled student of Qui-Gon, you know, in a sense. And and I don't know why that's that's occurring to me, like, to kind of look at it that way, but to see, like, that, that Obi-Wan really becomes, you know, who um who Qui-Gon would have wanted him, I think, to become. Mm. Um there's something special about that for whatever reason that's coming to me right now. Um I think he even know, tells and, and, him like you're a wiser man than I am. Well that's yeah, it was something about that that was coming back to me. I couldn't remember the exact line, but but he's not being modest. You know, he I think he really believes that. Yeah. Or or sees that um sees that potential. And you know, again, they're very different. Obi Wan does plenty of non wise things. Uh, but he's uh, I assume we're doing an Obi-Wan show or well, we said we're going to probably wait till the till the show comes know, out. Know, yeah, we'll wait that. Long <laughs> long, we could we could find a we could find a way around it. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, that's I'd, probably all I'd say on that. Yeah. Um, well, I to kind of close it out, I have this quote from Master and Apprentice that I, I really, really thought was so relevant to what we do here on the podcast. And so I wanted to share it. And this is from Qui-Gon in Master and Apprentice. And he says, it matters which side we choose, even if there will never be more light than darkness, even if there can be no more joy in the galaxy than there is pain for every action we undertake for every word we speak, for every life we touch, it matters. I don't turn toward light because it means someday I'll win some kind of cosmic game. I turn toward it because it is the light. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's Qui-Gon yep. for you. That's awesome. <laughs> Any last observations or insights you want to share? Well, only the the one that I mentioned to you like a day or so ago when I was I, I didn't I, I controlled myself. I was going to make all sorts of taken references, <laughs> you know, just bec- like the contrast couldn't be more obvious between his character and, and uh, Liam Neeson's character in the taken movies. But I was just imagining like, can you imagine like a scenario where like Obi-Wan or Anakin's kidnapped and they get like Qui-Gon on the little calm and he's like. I don't know who you are. You know, like, it's just like, you know, some of the lines like, I don't have any money, but I have a very special set of skills. You know, and it's like, oh my, you know, Qui-Gon just got rough. So, uh, no, <laughs> thankfully they didn't go that road. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but actually, you know, since you brought that up, the reason turns out the reason that Qui-Gon has a green lightsaber is because... Mm-hmm. Apparently, he told this story in an interview that he, as he was starting the movies, he was brought a box of lightsabers and they told him, pick one. And he picked the green one because he's Irish. <laughs> Is that so? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I knew I knew Samuel Jackson picked his because he just he purples his favorite color and, and also and he wanted uh, to be, you know, like noticeable in the huge crowd of yeah. all the guys with the green. Yeah. But no, that's, that's so cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't. I, I do know there, there's a, I don't know if this is Canon yet, but there was, I hope they make it Canon. Cause I think it'd be so cool. And it would make a lot of sense. Cause where did Luke get that green Kyber crystal? Mm-hmm. You know, so I've, I've heard some speculation again. I don't know if they made that Canon or not that Luke in his sort of potential recovery of, of the personal effects of Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan had Qui-Gon Saber, mm. as we all know. So uh, there's wow. a really cool, I don't know who'd made it, but there's like a super expensive, like I'm never going to be able to justify <laughs> this one, uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi in the desert, like model. And uh-huh. I mean, it's like hyper detailed. It's like, it's it's art. It's not an action figure um, where he's like all dusty and has goggles and stuff. And it's like, it's so well done. I'll send you the link later, but it's, it's like a, a hybrid sort of you and McGregor, Alec Guinness mm. in a really creative way. So you, you can see both in there. 
And it's it's all over the time period of like the upcoming show. But as he's walking, like it's so cool because he's got his lightsaber and then he has this rig, I think, behind him or something where you see Anakin's and Qui-Gon's. Wow. And it's like, yes, he had three lightsabers. Oh my <laughs> like, this dude, it's like, I think he's second only to uh, um, General Grievous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whom he fought a lot. Like, so maybe that's where he got the well, idea. And Who cut knows? some of the hands off. Did he take those <laughs> ones too? I mean, geez, Obi-Wan. So anyways, no, <laughs> that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you who are listening to us, we're curious about your thoughts and opinions about Qui-Gon Jinn. How important do you think he is to the Star Wars saga? And of course, which character do you want us to talk about? So here's how you can let us know. Email us at starwars at sqpn.com. If you're on Facebook, connect with StarQuest at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and leave a comment for us there or follow and mention us on Twitter at sqpn. So this this podcast absolutely would not be possible without our patrons. Um, so this week we would like to thank by name Matthew D, Evan S, Marika D, Father Daryl M, and Matt M, who are among those amazing people. And if you haven't heard already, guys, now is the time to be a part of the awesome stuff we do at StarQuest by becoming a patron. And why do I say that? Well, thanks to a generous gift from a supporter, here's what's going to happen. When you start a new Patreon monthly pledge at sqpn.com give, your first three months will be matched by our donor. So if you become a new patron at $10 a month, after three months, our donor will give $30 to StarQuest to support all our shows, including this one, making your gift go even further. So if you've been thinking about becoming a patron, now is a fantastic time. Visit sqpn.com slash give as soon as possible. And whatever your situation is, make sure that you don't miss out on our episodes. Subscribe to Secrets of Star Wars in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. And you can check out our previous episodes at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. We'll be back in a couple weeks to continue our character series by taking a deeper look into... A character who you could say is pulling all the strings behind the entire saga. Hmm. Uh What a tease. (laughs) So until then, Mike Creevy, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. That was a lot of fun. Good one. (laughs) (laughs) And once again, I am Angela Cialana. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.